Hey, this is Annie. Oh, and it's Samantha. And welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. Today we are tackling a topic that is a personal one for me, as you know, Samantha, Mm because we've discussed it a lot. Uh, Due to an injury when I was in middle school, I lost a decent amount of hearing capability in my right ear, and it has impacted so much of my life, the way I walk, where I sit, the processing time it takes for me to understand I feel like I'm having to do a lot of mental work. Uh, the panic when talking on the phone, uh, if I can't see your face. Ooh, uh, the way that I sleep, because I sleep on my right ear so I can hear if something is happening with my left ear. Um, and I recognize that I'm very, very privileged to have the hearing that I do, but I would be lying if I said that it wasn't a source of a lot of anxiety for me, especially because we are in an audio medium. Our job is all about hearing and listening. And of course, now that we're coming to you from our, I call my studio, studio quarantine, my closet studio, um, that means a lot more phone interviews and or Skype interviews. So it's been on my mind. Um, And I did get this injury in a pretty traumatic way. So It's just this reminder every day, uh, and sometimes it is very triggering. And I've only just started opening up about it because people at work started noticing habits that I had, that I would always sit on one side of the table, I would sit on one side of the room. Um, And then I had to confess that phone interviews made me really, really anxious on, on the show because people would sort of be like, huh, I feel like you never are talking that much during those episodes. Listeners right. would write in. And I would say, yeah, I, I'm probably trying very, very hard <laughs> to catch up with what they just said mm-hmm. and to process that information and then have a comment. And by the time I've done that, the conversation's moved on or something. Right. right. Yeah. Um, I remember when you first told me I just assumed it was the professionalism of like waiting and pausing just in case they wanted to (laughs) add things. So to me, I was like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And as a person that doesn't struggle with that, I can absolutely understand. I'm like, oh, that makes a lot more sense to your reaction time, uh, to your habits in general. I'm like, yeah, I actually had my uh, earlier school I don't know what it's called. Schools of days that wasn't college. What are those? (laughs) Primary education. (laughs) Sure. Okay. Okay. I know words. Um, Uh During that time, like uh, my uh, best friend's little sister had also had uh, damage in one side of her ear through illness. And so she was deaf in one ear. And I remember having to understand, oh, that's why she's not paying attention when I'm trying to talk to her on this side of her. It's not just mm-hmm. because she's not listening to me, which I'm sure has been an issue <laughs> with yours, yourself as well. When you're like, no, I'm not being awkward. No, I'm not ignoring you. I just literally did not hear you because you're on the wrong side of my body. Yeah, and sometimes I I catch myself doing what I feel like is, I feel, I feel like dogs do this where they sort of cock their head. Mm-hmm. So sometimes if the room has been silent for a while, I just kind of turn my head and cock it. To make sure there isn't a sound right. that I'm not picking up on that I should be picking up on, um, and I even had somebody tell me that um, 
is for a movie I was in. He said I almost didn't get the job because of how awkward I was on the phone. And he felt he felt terrible when I told him <laughs> <laughs> my struggles with the phone. So that's so, legitimate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that was in a way both very upsetting and very comforting. Right. To know it's not just in my head. All right. There is a level of awkwardness happening here. Well, to be fair, I am really awkward on the phone as well. I will rush you off a conversation real quick because I hate mm-hmm. being on the phone anyway. Mm-hmm. And I just don't like just pausing and just be like, what? Are you, are you saying that me? You? Me? You? Like that whole level. Yeah. So that could be <laughs> a testament sure. in itself. So. For sure. I don't. I only have like three friends and a, a few family members that like talking on the phone. It's just, yeah. it doesn't yeah. seem like it's a really popular thing anyway. And no one likes it. After you can figure out you don't actually have to be on the phone anymore to communicate, it's kind of like, ooh, let's do this <laughs> other way instead. I'm not going to lie though, this whole like face-to-face thing is also shocking. <laughs> New level of shocking. Yes, yes. I much prefer that. <laughs> True. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. So in this episode... We're going to look at some specific aspects of hearing when it comes to women and listening when it comes to women and other intersections of that. But honestly, this is a huge. <laughs> there are so many lanes we could have gone down. Well, yeah, just by the definition of hearing and listening, you could go into the figurative, you could go into the literal, yeah. and, and it's a whole several topic worth. Absolutely. And we Definitely have touched on some of those topics in previous episodes, and we'll be sure to shout those out as we go along. But okay, let's let's get into the meat. The meat, yeah. So when it comes to listening, as with a lot of things we talk about, a whole lot of factors play a role. Culture, gender, race, socialization, relationships, topics, and many more. Yes, and for Samantha and I in particular... We've definitely had a handful of episodes where we've talked about how we judge women's voices more harshly when it comes to things like uptalk and vocal fry, the credibility gap. Um, so those are out there as well. And it is it does play a role in what we're talking about, but we're not going to hone in specifically on those things too much today. So hearing. In terms of science of hearing or of physical hearing, there's a lot out there. Most of the studies seem to suggest that women generally have more hearing sensitivity and greater susceptibility to high-frequency noise exposure, among other things, while men have greater sound localization, again, among other things. Yeah, I had to look up so many terms uh, when reading these research papers (laughs) to understand (laughs) what was going on. So let's talk about hearing loss for a second. Over 50 million Americans experience hearing loss. The National Institute on Deafness and Other Communication Disorders found that men are twice as likely to experience hearing loss and much less likely to seek help for it. Men tend to lose higher frequencies first, while women lose lower frequencies first. According to the Hearing Aid Project, that means women's ability to hear vowels is more impacted, while men's ability to hear consonants is more impacted, which can foster a lot of miscommunication. Women with hearing loss are more likely to use verbal and maladaptive strategies, things like interrupting people, informing people about what their hearing loss, all of that. Right. And from what I could ascertain from the study, men are more likely to just sort of shrug it off. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but let's talk about um, listening to women. So 
we have a long storied history of fictional women warning of danger to come. We know this. And example, maybe Cassandra warning the Greeks of the Trojan horse comes to mind um, and not being listened to. We have so many examples of this in our media that my co-host over at Saver Lauren and I did a whole episode on this show um, when it comes to the context of horror movies called Why Didn't You Believe Her? And then we tied it into the whole Brett Kavanaugh thing. So if you are looking for more examples, so many, so many examples. Right. A 1979 study, so a little dated, found that when presenting info on a traditionally masculine topic, a traditionally feminine topic, and a neutral topic, people listened more carefully to the male speakers even when the presentation was the same in all of the presentations, even the traditionally feminine topic. Uh, There wasn't a difference in who was more informative, the male or female presenters, or the participants' rating of who was more informative. When it came to effectiveness, study participants generally rated the male presenter with the same level of effectiveness, but the male respondents gave higher ratings to the female presenters than the women in the study did. And the theory was that men, uh, the male participants, did not expect the female presenters to be competent. So when they were, they rated them higher than they did the men. This is directly out of the study. It says, as one basis for this differential evaluation, Berger, Cohen, and Zeldich, and Lockheed and Hall have suggested that difference in the evaluation of behavior of males and females are directly related to the effect of sex as a status characteristics. Since the male sex is more highly valued and thus is accorded higher status, assessments of male behaviors are also valued more, even when compared to equally effective behavior performed by a female. A possible consequence of these perceived differences is that if women are perceived as being less competent, this might influence their ability to exert influence and impair their credibility. Right. A 2000 study used brain scans to determine that men listen with one side of their brain while women listen with both. This doesn't mean that women are better listeners, though, and the researchers cautioned that they couldn't untangle whether this was because of uh, hardwiring in the brain or social conditioning. Hmm. So other research on the brain has shown that even at a young age, boys and girls process language differently, more sensory for boys and abstract for girls. Scientists are still looking into whether these differences disappear in adulthood. So we got a lot of things going on there. We got a lot of threads of social conditioning and uh, culture. Then we have science showing something in the brain is going on. Um, And it is difficult to unpack all of that stuff when it comes to why perhaps we do listen to women differently or there are these sex differences and why and how we listen. Um, and that's that's only a handful of the studies. We, we have some more. But first, we have a quick break for a word from our sponsor. back. Thank you, sponsor. So a few years ago, Carol Kinsey Goman researched gender differences and communication skills in workplace environments across the United States, Canada, and Europe. Respondents generally gave the same-ish answers for strengths and weaknesses in themselves and each other. So for women, the strengths generally given were ability to read body language and pick up nonverbal cues, good listening skills, 
effective display of empathy. And the weaknesses given were overly emotional, meandering, won't get to the point, not authoritative. Right. So for men, the strengths were commanding physical presence, direct and to the point interactions, effective display of power, and the weaknesses were overly blunt and direct, insensitive to audience reactions, and too confident in own opinion. So those are some pretty big differences, and a lot of them do fall along stereotypical gender lines, gender performative lines. The study broke down communication styles into warmth, so things like caring, likability, empathy, and authority, credibility, status, and power. According to the findings, women are better at the warmth part and men at the authority part. And I was thinking about this, maybe better isn't the right word. It could be that due to socialization and historical power structures, that's where women were allowed to excel and that's right. where men were allowed to excel. Again, really hard to to unpack, untangle all of this. Anyway, the study found that women are better at collaborative uh, environments, uh, at dialogue, while men are better at the monologue. Here's a quote from the study, um, which was reported on at Forbes. Women display more warm body language cues. They are more likely to focus on those who are speaking by orienting head and torso to face participants. They lean forward, smile, synchronize their movements with others, nod and tilt their heads, the universal signal of listening, literally giving someone your ear. Men send more status signals through an array of dominant behaviors such as side-to-side head shaking, anger, and disgust expressions. They stand tall or they sprawl, sitting with their legs spread or widely crossed, their materials spread out on a conference table, and their arms stretched out on the back of a chair. Hmm. So this article went on to catalog the general differences in body language between men and women. For men, nodding usually means I agree, whereas for women, it can mean either I agree or I'm listening to you or as an encouragement to the speaker to keep going. It also found that men talk more in meetings than women. Surprise. (laughs) Yeah, well, and I was thinking about that too because I find it interesting that in our mainstream stereotype of women it's it's like they talk more than men. You've got your chatty Cathy's. I can't get them to stop. And oh no, she's on the phone. It's all over. I know my mom was a frequent target of these kinds of comments. And when I got older and I would talk to her about that, oftentimes it's she wanted the conversation to end. Right. But the usually dude in the picture was just... Overstand, like I have five examples I'm thinking of, I, and was just talking away at her. Right. And yet she was the one who was getting made fun of. Mm-hmm. And not that we should be making fun of people who want to talk, but she was the one that was getting picked on. Right. For being chatty. Um, Even though she probably was just like, yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Encouraging. Exactly. <laughs> um, and research does not bear out that women are the big talkers at all. Some research has found that in most situations, men dominate 75% of speaking time. Women are more likely to be interrupted than men, a number which goes up when more men are present. Uh, but research has also found that even though women are speaking less, people perceive that they speak more than they do. So I feel like this is another way to minimize women, to encourage women to stay quiet because otherwise you're talking too much and people are going to laugh at you. 
Now, again, this this is a very complex thing that we're talking about with a lot going on. These are generalizations. Um, always more research is needed, more science is needed. Uh, I will say women, and we've talked about this before, they do typically have more social relationships. So I can understand perhaps where that stereotype came from in terms of women just have more people to talk to generally. Maybe. Um, but yeah. And they're probably most likely to reach out. Yes, yes. So a lot of advice out there in the business realm to be more assertive, lean in, puts the responsibility on women to adapt to masculinized environment and that bossy, bitchy fallback is waiting right there in the wings to come on out. Right, so the advice feels like it's telling women to be more like men, but then when you do that... right then you're called these terms. Right. You're not doing this enough, but when you do it, you're doing too much. Exactly. And also, it is sort of implying that this masculine environment is the right one and that women should change to fit into that instead of maybe we should all be listening more. Right. (laughs) Yes, yes. And we do have some some more tips around that. But first, we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. So I was reading an article in the New York Times when researching this, uh, written by Dr. Pabolis, um, and in it, she wrote about what she called feminist listening, which I thought was an interesting term. And she described women, particularly white women, not engaging in feminist listening when women, for example, were warning of Trump's sexist, racist, abusive behavior. All right. And of course, everything we've talked about could further be broken down to the intersectional issues. How do we listen or not to women of color, to non-binary folks, to the LGBTQ plus individuals? And we do have a lot of stereotypes and hangups around voices, which is something we've talked about. And again, needs to be probably a bigger episode in itself to revisit. Yes, absolutely. If you Google feminist listening, by the way, uh, most of the top results are either listen to women Okay, Uh, something about reframing how we construct studies. I actually found this really fascinating. So they, in this particular study I'm thinking of, they were describing how we need to change how we listen to participants in studies, um, examining gaps in research and why those gaps exist, Mm -hmm. and then um, words that don't exist. We need to think about uh, words that don't exist around the experiences of women and other marginalized groups. So a lot of times when we people conduct these studies, they'll edit. Right. Uh, so if you're saying a lot of, you know, our uh, filler words, that maybe those words actually point to something else and right. we shouldn't be cutting them. We should be documenting why they're there which I thought was really interesting. Um, and another result I got a lot of when I typed in feminist listening was analytical listening to music with a feminist and queer perspective. It changes things. It really, really does. And apparently some colleges have programs that do this. Uh, I thought that was 
pretty pretty neat. <laughs> yeah. One thing I really want for us as a podcast is to one day get our show transcribed. And this is something that we used to do, but the budget for it, unfortunately, got cut. Um, it was so important to me that for a while I did it myself uh, until I didn't have the bandwidth to do it anymore. But I really, really want to bring that back. And I'm hoping that we can someday. Right. So... Here are some tips for anyone looking to be a better listener, which I hope we all are doing so. Mm -hmm. Um, And a couple of easy steps you can take. One, stop talking and stop planning the next thing you're going to say. Be in that moment. Listen to what is being said to you. Ask meaningful questions. Ask questions pertaining to what you just heard. Um, Maintain eye contact. Of course, that could be a cultural thing, by the way. So if you don't feel comfortable with that, that's okay. But it can help you at least see their face. Look at their face (laughs) when they're talking to you. It will help. Yeah. uh, Being present and giving feedback is a really good one. Being open-minded. Like, don't immediately judge what someone is saying to you. Wait till they finish their thought and then consider it. Think about it. Ask follow-up questions. Um, Don't interrupt. Practice empathy. And if you notice someone hasn't spoken... Uh, check in, uh, give them a platform. And I know in, in terms of listening and in business contexts, another one I saw a lot, and I know we probably all heard this, is make sure credit is going to where it should go to. Uh, right. Say that person's name. That's a great idea. Samantha had this great idea. Right. And, yes. Uh, I think that's really important right now because there's been a big kerfuffle, I guess, inside of Twitterverse. I've been mm. stuck in Twitterverse for a minute oh. um, about people not giving credit to people of color, women of color specifically, black women specifically. And, mm-hmm. and we need to remember that is erasure and it is very, very dangerous, especially today in this time point when which we see there's a lot of history trying to be rewritten and we need to acknowledge where it comes from and why they should be credited. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And then for anybody in your life that maybe (laughs) uh, has any kind of difficulty hearing or hearing loss, just, you know, check in and say, what can I, where can I help you? Where can I minimize for me? And again, my, my hearing, I'm very privileged. It's uh, still, I got pretty good in one ear. Um, It really is just like beyond that side. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's all. Um, So for sure, would love to return to this, would love to delve into some of these specific issues more in the future. But for now, sort of an overview, some big ideas, (laughs) but definitely would like to revisit. And I actually wanted to read a listener mail we got before we end this one from Donica. Donica wrote, I have a great fanfic suggestion for you, particularly Annie. Yes, hello, I love fanfiction. (laughs) And the Sminty listeners, it's an alternative universe retelling of Harry Potter written book by book, considering what the series would have been if James and Lily had survived the night of Voldemort's attack. This is a project my best friend Chase has been working on for years. It's super well written and I particularly love it because Chase is writing in such a way that acknowledges Rowling's shortcomings in the works and improves upon them. She actually deals with and addresses the inherent racism in the wizarding world against centaurs, house elves, goblins, etc. And when characters are queer, she actually writes in the text that they are queer. 
It's such a wonderful thing that my bestie has poured her heart and soul into. If you too or anyone is looking to reread Harry Potter during these isolated times, maybe consider Chase's version instead of supporting transphobic uh, rolling. Plus, you don't need to worry about owning the books as Chase's works are all accessible for free online at Archive of Our Own and her user page, Aiden Chase, and on Tumblr and Twitter at HP Everyone Lives. Just Googling HP Everyone Lives AU will take you right to it as well. She's currently about halfway through publishing The Half-Blood Prince, so there's a lot of content to read. I think a lot of the listeners would enjoy it, and the fic deserves way more notoriety than it has. Okay, first of all, I stand any friend who goes out there and rallies behind them. One, yes. I love this. I love everything about this. I do too, and um, I'm very excited to check this out. I've got to say, like being on book six, that's impressive. <laughs> right? She must have been working on it for a long time. So impressive. Um, very, very excited. Uh, fan fiction is probably like the number one thing keeping me going. Right now. <laughs> I have read and written so much fan fiction. Uh, I actually joke that I would be very embarrassed at my internet history right now, but you know what? No shame. No shame. Um, and and please, please, uh, we're happy to shout things out, like any entertainment that you think our audience would enjoy, we would enjoy. Send it our way. I know we're all looking for more, more things to consume, and we're so happy to, <laughs> to receive those messages right. and share and- them. And just so you know, we are going to do another viewing party. I know a few people have asked because they missed this one. Although the craft was, I feel like it was pretty good. a banger start for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll we'll be doing this again. We had a good time. Uh, it was very limited, but it was still fun. So we will be doing that again. Yeah, because we will be maintaining at home still. Uh, so yes. look for that as well. And get, again, yeah, give us all of your recommendations because <laughs> we have some time. We do. And we can share that with everybody. We could have like a big sminty. Oh, we should. We absolutely should. And for sure, send in your recommendations for our next movie that we should watch um, and book that we should read. In the meantime, this brings us to the end of this episode. If you would like to email us, we would love to hear from you. Our email is stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can also find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuff I'll never told you. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Andrew Howard. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I've Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 